Hey everyone. All right. We have three verses for today's reading. And at first glance, they may not seem related at all. But just hang on and I think we'll see it clearly before we're done. Let's get to it then. Proverbs 29 verses 12 through 14. If a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. The poor man and the oppressor meet together. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. So let's look at the first verse, uh, verse 12. To begin with, it says, If a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. And that makes some sense, I think. Um, a wicked ruler does not want some righteous person looking over their shoulder, uh, reporting all their misdeeds to the people. He wants counselors. He wants uh, an administration who will carry out all his evil plans. So uh, that makes perfect sense. Let's look to the next verse. Uh, maybe a seemingly unconnected verse. Let's see. Verse 13, the poor man and the oppressor meet together. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. And so far, both of these verses, we've covered them in other devotions. But Solomon mentions them again here. Um, so the poor man and the oppressor meet together. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. And that just makes me think of how... We all, both rich and poor, uh, red, yellow, black, and white, we all originate from God. He's the one who gives us eyes to see. He gives our eyes the ability to take in light and discern images and truths in this wondrous world around us that he's created. But even more so, it is God who opens our spiritual eyes to see Jesus, the Messiah, as beautiful, right? As good news, as the greatest treasure in the universe. Eternally exceeding all of the dead-ending promises of the world. All right, so far in this session, Solomon has noted how a ruler listens to lies uh, and has wicked officials. And now Solomon has said it is God who gives light to the eyes of both the poor and the rich. Now today's final verse says, If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. So this is pretty much self-explanatory. But how does this verse and all the verses in today's reading fit together in a good way? Well, let's briefly retrace again. First Solomon spoke about a wicked king and wicked officials. And now in this last verse, he says there is also a faithful king. And so we have these two kings. The faithful is the one who judges the poor fairly. Uh, in other words, he doesn't let the wicked take advantage of the vulnerable and the downcast, but he's a just judge and a just king and the wicked king and his officials they could care less about justice the wicked king seeks his own glory 
So these are two contrasting kings in the passage, but I think it's the middle verse, uh, verse 13, that ties them together in a very insightful and uh, doctrinal way. Let me read it again. The poor man and the oppressor meet together. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. Again, we saw how God gives light to the eyes of people, right? But why? God, again, it is God who gives light to the eyes of people. But why? He gives light to the rich and the poor. He gives light to the eyes of the people in all nations and people groups of the world so that they might see the declaration, uh, the proclamation of the glory of God in creation, that they might cry out to him and, and seek his purpose for their life. Our eyes are given light so that we might see the glory of God displayed, uh, proclaimed, and that we might seek him. Let's look at a few verses that complement this. Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So the heavens, for example, are not the glory of God, right? But they declare the glory of God. They declare attributes of his character that point us in his direction, his beauty, his power, his blessings in rain, his power in like monsoon rains, his holding back of rain. All these things give us glimpses of characteristics of his holiness, which includes justice and mercy both. Not that we should watch creation to see if God is angry or pleased with us, but rather we can glimpse his ways by looking at creation. For example, is a hurricane necessarily his judgment on our sin? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Is a beautiful sunshiny day uh, necessarily a reward for our righteousness? <laughs> I think not. But these do direct us to align ourselves with our Creator and uh, realize that in our sin, we should go to Him for mercy. We should look to Him. And so the heavens do declare His glory, right? We might think about um, His wisdom and knowledge as we look up at the stars or a million other things and his creation, we cannot help but know that he's amazing. And like the filthy rags of broken glory in ourselves cannot be compared to his beauty. We need him. And the thing is, uh, God has given mankind eyes to see his creation, that they might feel their way toward him. And God even placed us in his creation and at different points of time in creation, that we might do this very thing. Speaking of God, Acts 17.26 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. He is actually not far from any one of us. And here's a, a small clip from what Paul says about those who refuse 
to see the display of God's glory. They refuse to let it point them to God. Romans beginning uh, 1.19 For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So then it is God who gives us eyes to see the beauty of his creation. And when we do see it, we give him the glory and it makes him look good as he is. And in seeing his glory, He's created us in a fashion that that brings us joy. And so the beauty of creation encourages us to delight in Him and worship Him. But unfortunately, men delighted in nature, so that's creation also, right? And the things they can make from nature, which is a host of things that we have in our houses today, Men decided to delight in these things instead of the Creator who gave us eyes to see His beauty in them. You see what's happened? We've um, desecrated the beauty of God in our hearts. So in closing, what I think links these verses about the wicked king and the faithful king is that they are both given eyes to see God's creation Uh, So they have no excuse for not seeking him, uh, for not knowing him. The wicked king, he seeks and sees his own glory, but he rejects the light of the glory of God and the promised Messiah. And the faithful king, he sees how amazing God is, and he seeks to know him better. And God opens his eyes to give him spiritual light that he may see his glory more and more of his beauty. So Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your creation, which should point us to your beauty and your character and your attributes uh, that we might seek you. But instead, Lord, we have seen nature as beautiful and worthy of our praise instead of you in some contexts. People have throughout time worshipped the sun and the stars and the moon. But today, Lord, we tend to worship the things that are created from nature. And forgive us for that, Lord. And please uh, show us your glory in Jesus. And may all of creation uh, point us to you and cause us to seek you in your word. And uh, open our spiritual eyes, Lord, that we might see the glory of God in Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, who uh, came and lived a perfect life, and uh, a life that no one could live, and died a wicked sinner's death, the death that we all deserve, and was raised from the grave, uh, which no one else could. And uh, he was paid the wages of our sin, that he might give us who delight in him, his righteousness, and in his resurrection, um, that he might raise us up incorruptible to be with him forever. And while we're here on earth, uh, he gives us the power of the resurrection to live victorious lives over sin as we walk with him. Lord, thank you for this great gift of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.